Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, a place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good morning. And together we hope to educate, inspire, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. Today's podcast episode is just me and Joey, but we're going to be talking through what we are calling a roadmap to your real food journey. So whether you're new in the game or you've been in for a while, we just are consolidating a few of the high points that have been super impactful for our family specifically. Easy stumbling blocks that once you hear something, you can make a change right mm. away. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what, this 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 idea really hit home for me when I was, we've been, we've been watching the videos that people sent in about their journeys that they've been on. Yeah. Right? And having... F- this idea of bringing people on as inspiration for everyone else, but they've got a story, they've got lessons learned. And, you know, I believe that there's, it's very possible that there's people that are out there that are on their journey today and maybe they feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel uninspired. Maybe they feel it's getting stale. I don't know. It's yeah. very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's people that are out there that it's very overwhelming. Every time I hear this podcast, I get more... <laughs> I get more psyched out and, and less interested in this than I was before. Maybe every time I, I look up you know another recipe or I, or I get look at inspiration on Instagram, I think to myself, man, that is just a pipe dream for me. I, I mean, I look at the stuff that we do now and I will talk to my friends and I'll watch the color drain from their face <laughs> because it's, it's true. You know, for them to look at my life now and be like, wow, Joey doesn't go out to eat at work. Yeah. Right. So he's like, uh, Joey's going to Kroger or going to the grocery store and buying, you know, like wild caught salmon fillets and, you know, organic vegetables for lunch. And I'm over here eating a, you know, Philly cheesesteak from Penn Station. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that move alone is like overwhelming. Yeah. You know, add in all the other stuff of, well, then I have, you know, my protein shakes are made with raw milk and my like, you know. It's funny. I was just out of town with a group of girls and they like rapid fire were asking me questions. I don't know how I always get put in this position, but they're like, Liz, what do you think about microwaves? And what about, um, what about aluminum foil? Are you using that? And or, or what about, uh, and then we started to even get in like deep into like, what about femcare? And like, what are you using there? And, and I was like, ladies like I'm deep in this game like you have to remember like this is my a big part of my world this is a personal interest to me but Mm -hmm. also something I feel really passionate about I can't walk at my parents lake house down the road past the hundreds of thousands of acres of corn and soy and be like oh beautiful countryside it's ruined for me Mm -hmm. you literally pass a CAFO on your way to this property and I know what that is and no one else in the car knows what that is and so then you know they're they're like oh we gotta literally my friends were taking notes on just like basic things that you and I do in the house Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because you and I don't feel like we live this weird life there's it's it's like compounding interest right exactly Stuff, stuff, it's just been building up. Been building. And and so we wanted to kind of like offload, kind of like brain dump some of this stuff out on this episode for, in my opinion, for the for the people that want to get started, find one of these things, right? And this is like our starting point here, right? The key to this game is not to take everything that we say today mm-hmm. and, and go home and be like, all right, clearing out the pantries, we're, we're getting everything out from under the sink, you know, 
you know, don't go like yell at your significant other and be like, we're changing some things around here, <laughs> right? I'm blowing this place up. Maybe send them the show. Send it, right? You can have a conversation. There you go. It. But the the key is to to find, if, if you're just getting started, find one thing that resonates. And, and and we can share a little bit when we get to the one thing that we did. Yeah. This was like, this was our one thing, right? And why? And oftentimes there's a, in a real food journey, there's a pivotal moment. There's something that happens. There's a, there's a something that's been that nugget of motivation, right? I've talked to enough people these, these days, watched enough you know videos of people's stories as they've told them to us to know that oftentimes something occurs that that causes a family to make a change. Could be having a baby. Mm-hmm. Could be there. There could be complications in health. It could be um, like a like a scary moment. It could be like you know you went to a conference and heard somebody speak. One way or another, like you have this this kind of glass shattering moment, and we we want that to be today for people listening that have not gotten into the game. Mm-hmm. We want there to be things that are on this list that are just so easy, obvious, and like reachable for anyone, whether it be through financial. Like we don't want this thing to be like. Find the one that works for you, for your budget, for your, for your time, and for your lifestyle that can, can get you started. Yeah. So start small. And the best time to have started this is yesterday. Right? The, best thing, the best time to have started your real food journey is yesterday. Well, yesterday's done. So next best is today, right? Mm-hmm. Anything else on, on, the, on the getting started part? No, I think we should dive in. So diving in. There's this idea of what is the food system, Mm. right? And educating yourself on how the food system works first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's some examples. When you understand the food system, you understand product packaging a little bit better because it's really confusing. We've had numerous conversations about food labels There's a difference between product packaging. Maybe you'll see Cheerios product packaging says it's heart healthy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're getting nutritional information from that. Then you'll see, uh, you know, labels like organic, the non-GMO project, all of these. Lean cuisine, you know, different different kinds of like vegan positioned items. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there plant-based, sustainable. And we're not saying get the encyclopedia for every single word and every like don't don't unearth the entire history of the food system here maybe. But the the thought is having like some basic understanding of how food is produced, how it's packaged, and how to interpret, you know, what stuff in here is most holistic and and Something that can grow out of the ground and less synthetic. Yeah. I think one important, really helpful thing for me was just realizing that the food industry is an industry. It is a it is a for-profit industry. Their goal of these individual companies, which are often owned by the same people, so there's a really intense uh, concentration of wealth within the food system. You look at the dairy industry mm-hmm. is a great example of that as well. Um. 
it's a for-profit situation. And so we're not like, you know, sitting in tinfoil hats over here, but we've seen enough. We've talked to enough farmers. Mm -hmm. We've talked to guys like James Connolly and all of these other folks who would know the deep history of how the Industrial Revolution impacted today's American food system. And so I know that going into the grocery store, I have some armor on. Mm -hmm. I'm not easily swayed by packaging. I understand that every single time I see soy or corn on a product, unless it is specifically saying that it is organic, it is always genetically modified. I know that 80 to 90% of the stuff in the store has that ingredient. So I am very, very choosy and limited in my actual grocery store shopping, which also led us to looking beyond the grocery store, right? I know it can be really overwhelming in Kroger or um, Piggly Wiggly or Publix or whatever, Harris Teeter, whatever store is near you. Sometimes it's refreshing to like go visit the farmer's market Mm -hmm. or look on farmmatch.com and find your local farm and get hooked up with Mm -hmm. like a a CSA program, right? Um, Especially helpful if you're looking for things that have to fall outside of the public market like Mm -hmm. raw dairy and and other products like that. So I start with the food system because I think once you understand that, some of the the rose-colored glasses come off a little mm-hmm. bit and you're like, wow, everything I'm buying has a has a marketing team behind it. And and a, a lot of this is is processed to an end. It didn't need to be processed. Mm-hmm. Like I can buy a simpler version of this. It's funny because, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll look back at all the episodes we've recorded and we've, we've had so many cool guests on that are so smart, right? Because like a lot of this information, like, man, Liz and Joey are just brilliant. No, we're not. We just are really 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 hard workers that talk to people that are smarter than us yeah. that's essentially what's going on here so the, maybe elizabeth's smart no. let me speak too soon but the the amount of farmers we've had on this podcast i know and it's why, why do, it's like why do you have so many farmers on the podcast it's like well they're the ones that are producing the food you know what i'm saying it's, it's like the that, that we want to talk to the people food. that are producing the food mm-hmm. so so absolutely understanding food production through organic systems and through I would call it like more conventional systems, understanding a little bit of both um, and and kind of having some basic understanding of what true real food production looks like can help you understand what to look for, understanding what synthetic kind of conventional approaches. Then there's not, it's not all just going to like kill you, but understanding what those things are can help you make incremental small decisions. Okay, we're not talking about anything that's conventionally grown needs to be avoided all the time. Mm-mm. Okay, first one, right? And and I want to preface this: these tools, these kind of these ideas, things that we've worked on over the years, with the fact that we live in the suburbs. Okay, and you may hear some of these and be inspired, but also you may need to adapt it to your environment slightly. Some of them you might be able to just slide right in. We live in the suburbs in Ohio, Midwest suburbs. Mm. We, um, we've got a lot of things that are working for us, but a lot of things are working against us. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's you know, pros and cons to wherever, we, wherever anybody lives, right? And so if you are in a big city in, in a you know, high rise, you might have different challenges and different um, opportunities than we do. Mm-hmm. So as we go through this, 
just be aware of that. So, but the first, the first tool, and this is an early one. I dug deep into my notes to find this one. And if, if y'all been following the podcast for a while, like a long while, you'll, you may recognize this, but we, we've got this concept that we've built out called the time versus money matrix. And this one's important because when we first got started, we didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah. We're certainly still not in a situation where, you know, we can just use financial, pra- like we can't just live a holistic, nutritious life on money alone. Yeah. So there may be people out there that can. We cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that this concept works is that essentially every every person out there has a limited amount of time and a limited amount of money. And limited, like limited, meaning it could be a lot, it could be a little. One way or another, it's limited. It's got it's got a, a beginning and an end, right? And if you fall on this side of this matrix where you have more money available to spend than time, then that is going to be the best place to start getting into this holistic kind of journey. If you are working 80 hours a week and you've got you know, kids and you, you know, you're traveling a lot, man, investing time into like finding your local farm and like driving around and going to farmer's markets, going to be really hard. But there's options for you. Mm-hmm. You could look up, you know, grocery stores that have you know, like more pre-established lineups that you can order from that are good for you. Trusted sources. Things like Thrive Market, Hazelmeyer Goods, you know, shameless plug, right? You can look up these kinds of places. Look up Pasture Bird for your chicken, mm-hmm. right? You could go to, um, what's the beef place? What beef place? Is there a primal beef company or something like this? Oh, there's there's loads of. But that's what I'm saying is that you can butcher find. Block, there, there you go. Butcher box. There's all kinds of stuff. You can find these kinds of things to primal help pastures. You. Maybe that's what you're that's what I was of. thinking of. You can find these places that help you, and they're going to be more expensive. So there's people out there that cannot do this stuff. Okay. Even as simple as like ordering your groceries and having them delivered to you costs more money, but it saves you time. Is that something that you need to wield? Maybe. It's a perfect example. It might be. And um, now let's say you're on the other side of that matrix, okay? And you've got more time than money. And so we can speak more to this one because we didn't jump into this game ordering groceries and 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 like we started with sourdough bread. Mm-hmm. That's not true. We actually started with raw milk, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on this time versus money matrix, this sourdough bread took up a lot of time. I would say the raw milk took up a lot of time for me learning. Their their time element too is also just the energy you have to put forth. Mm. I had a tiny baby that I was desperately looking for a solution for and I knew the to- the clock was ticking. You know, we had tried this formula. She's three, four months old. All this host of other issues. We're in and out of the hospital for her clubbed feet and it's like... Ah, I, w- I want to do something right by her. Mm-hmm. I want to do something good for her. I've already got this foot situation we're dealing with and that we're, we're making progress there. But like she had terrible rashes and eczema and she was what you would call colicky, which mm-hmm. I can't stand the term. I think it's the biggest disservice we've given parents is labeling the, their kids colic because there's an underlying cause. Mm-hmm. 
And the moment I, I had enough, I had spent enough time to really feel secure in our decision to switch to homemade formula, it was a game changer. To be very clear, we started with raw milk. Actually, raw goat milk, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, raw cow milk and then raw goat milk in different seasons, but yeah. And and it was we were way on the time side of this thing. I mean, we had a new, we had two kids um, living off of you know my very small income, and we had so many little things going on that we wanted to change. We had a pivotal moment. You can go back and listen to our real food journey, get all this information. Yeah. But through that, we started making incremental changes, the first one being raw milk, to change the way we were feeding our baby at the time. And that kind of, you know, laced into everything else that we did. It was like, oh, well, if we're doing this for, you know, Ruthie, and for so- what are we doing for Soph? And, mm-hmm. and then it was like, well, we, I guess we could do this. And um, anyways, so um, time versus money matrix. If you've got time, spend that time on your health. Don't, sp- don't get home and think to yourself, like, man, I've got time to spend and spend it on, you know, looking at your phone and, and don't do that. This one is painful because it, it asks people to be really, really honest with themselves because there's people listening who are like, I don't have any time or money. And I understand that spot. It's, hu- it's tough. But to say... You have more time than you think and you have more financial means that you can free up than you think because you don't need everything modern America life tells you you need, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, we did flex in that and we did give some things up financially because we were like, why are we paying for this thing that we don't ever use? 100%. Such a, it is such a privilege to pay for, you know, $45 worth of various different streaming platforms. People don't know, like... Netflix is like $16 a month. Mm-hmm. And then you add that on the other three things that you're buying each month. You've got kids. You've probably got, what, Disney Plus? And, and your once a week, your, your once a month Amazon purchase that adds up. And then, oh, you got to go here. You don't need it. You yeah. don't need it. Yeah. I think I think it's, it's um, as you begin to look at the different comforts you have in your life, Right. Sometimes this time and time versus money matrix is going to make you uncomfortable if you if it if it happens correctly. Yeah, you should get uncomfortable. Well, growth is found within stress. Yeah, you don't you don't grow without stress. So Mm -hmm. if you are looking to grow on this real food journey, meaning like start it, it, it's new. There's going to be some stress. I'm not talking like, oh, I'm just stressed today. I'm talking like pressure. Pressure. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's. Uh, an example would be like, you don't build muscle. This is so obvious to people, right? You don't build muscle without like, di- like quote unquote, kind of having some muscle damage to rebuild from. Mm-hmm. That stress on that muscle helped it grow. It's the same thing for us as people. We want to, to get on this real food journey and start changing our lives. It's going to, there's going to be some stress. And that stress could be financial stress, could be time stress, and those are the two main buckets that I see. Anyways, um, time versus money matrix, super powerful. Man, one of the examples that we that, that I wanted to share was the time and effort you put into sourdough. Mm-hmm. Again, not the starting place. You started with raw milk and so much research went into it. But I want to we're going to get into more of raw milk and raw dairy when we talk about farmash.com. Another tool coming up in a second. But sourdough. I mean, we're talking the first... 20 loaves you made at least Mm -hmm. we ate them because we couldn't afford to throw them away Mm -hmm. but they were like 
you know, paperweights. Yeah, they're not good. I mean, and, and if we're honest, because we were not buying bread, <laughs> they were delicious. I was stoked to have mm. something bread-like. Yeah. And the kids, you know, low-key liked it as well. So it was just, um, you know, the time and effort going into figuring that system out. Buying bread would have been so much more expensive than baking it ourselves, mm-hmm. straight up. And so um, buying bread that was... Equivalent. The health equivalent of what we were baking, right? And when I say health equivalent, I mean just the clean ingredients we were using and the clean methods, okay? You can find clean ingredient, clean method food. It does exist. It's just expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's likely local. And you're going to have to, honestly, you probably have to spend some time to find it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, all this stuff, you know, there's like this time money matrix. Like, I don't know if it could ever be 100% one or the other. I don't know if that's true. Like, mm. I don't know if you could do 100% time. or I think it's always going to be a bit of a blend, but you're going to lean into one more than the other probably. All right, so next uh, next tool. So tool one, that I'm, I'm going to call it tool number one, was the uh, time versus money matrix. Leveraging, yeah, leveraging your resources. And I think, again, highlighting the fact that you are going to get uncomfortable and that's okay. Yeah, choosing which one you know which stressors is right for you at that time and going back and forth it's not like you pick one you're there forever there are some weeks where i'm like absolutely my time is way more scarce i have i have to order groceries totally. otherwise we won't have enough food and we'll literally be forced to like swing by something on the way home and i don't want to do that totally. that's so rare for me but it does happen yep that could be day to day time versus money matrix could be day to day day to day yeah um, right on. Next being farmmatch.com. Talk to me about farmmatch.com. So we actually had Max on the podcast. He's the founder of it. So that was a fascinating episode. But for us, that was our gateway into getting plugged into what I would call the local food economy, right? So mm-hmm. in our area, there's, I don't know, five, seven, maybe local farms that I, I can think of them off the top of my head. I'm not going to name them, but, um, that you can get plugged into that either do a monthly delivery, they'll do weekly deliveries, you can go pick up off their farm, you can get things like uh, meats, uh, raw, whole raw dairy, produce, all kinds of stuff. You can get even more cottagey made stuff like jams and breads mm-hmm. and stuff. But again, for us, you know, once you kind of graduate of, okay, like I feel like I figured out my staples at the grocery store. What else can I be buying? How else can I be fueling my family? You graduate a little bit and you're like, all right, well, where else can I source my food? Well, in the summers, it's, it's really fun and kind of convenient to go to the farmer's market. There's a great meat guy there who I love, who I I don't buy at any other time. And so let's go pick up a couple pounds of bacon from him. And then let's go over to the local bakery. They have sourdough and yeah, you're paying like six, $7 a loaf. Yeah. The reason why I wanted to bring this up, farmmatch.com, is you want to find, right, there's a tension when you're doing this food journey, right? Hey, I got, I, I, maybe, maybe you're like, hey, I've learned about the food system and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm scared or, you know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm stressed. I'm anxious now, right? Now, what do I do? These are the questions that come up. Mm-hmm. I, don't wanna, I don't mean to say that like rudely. I'm just, that tone just is naturally coming out. Anyways. You figured out all right, time versus money. Like I know where I land, how I can how I can make this thing happen. And now you're like, I don't have a ton of time, but like, where do I go? Yeah. What do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I get the food that I want to get? Mm-hmm. Well, there's an option right here. Firematch.com. Open it up. Find a farm near you. Get plugged in. Yeah. Follow the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things you could look into. 
as well. But I just wanted to touch on that one because I know that one's been impactful for us, right? This is what we're doing here. We have used farmhouse.com and we have a farm that now delivers to our front door. We have farm drop day every single Tuesday, which is actually today. So we've got stuff coming today. Stoked about that. Um, let's talk about this idea, this, this tension, this next tension to kind of walk into our next kind of solution concept, right? So number one was time versus money. Number two is farmmatch.com. This, this, this third one, I want to kind of introduce it by saying there's a tension. There's this tension of like toxins that we're surrounded by, right? So you go on this real food journey, you get deep enough. Eventually you're going to, you're going to hear somebody talk about how, you know, there's toxins and everything and, and there's um, phthalates, there's BPA, there's parabens. It's all true. Like throw away your Stanley and throw away your 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 uh, nonstick pans, and and you're gonna have somebody that basically enters your life, or you're gonna hear someone say something. Where you're like, do I have to throw everything away? <laughs> like everything. Yeah. And um, and I would say, you know what? I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I would I would take the Shauna approach from. A little less toxic and I would incrementally improve Mm -hmm. that's what I would do I was thinking about this actually recently here's my one caveat to that I think if you are someone who has a lot of different fragrancy items in your home cleaners conditioners shampoos body Mm -hmm. wash fragrance itself like perfume I would take a really long hard look at some of that stuff and because the solution i'm giving you is not going to be costing you an arm and a leg i would be so quick to throw it away Mm -hmm. personally i would knowing what i know now today i would be much faster to throw away some of those kind of like i'm going to say the worst offenders right the worst laundry detergent we all know what i'm talking about right now Mm -hmm. right the little beads you throw in your dryer or your washer okay that stuff that's like one only not only is it unnecessary in your household but two the the fragrance component and just the compounding effect of all of that stuff especially for women i would ditch it but yeah the other the other things there are things that i would incrementally change so let's talk about the tool castile soap oh my gosh it's so simple and this is this is the, this Castile soap is, as we've identified it, a major solution to the household cleaning products bucket. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's for your floors, for your counters, for your hand soap, like in the bathrooms, right? For your, um, it's just you can buy a big jug of this stuff. You can get it on Amazon. Cut it down into like foaming, like uh, hand soap pumps. They're not like the, the the cutest things in the world. They're certainly not scented. And they get the job done. Yeah. So you take your Castile soap and you do like nine parts water, one part soap. And you put it in your little hand pump foamer. Has to be a foamer. Mm -hmm. Don't try to do this with other stuff. It helps integrate it together so that it's. Yeah. It makes it a nice sudsy lather and you have a soap. Okay. So that's all your, that's the only hand soap we have. And then our dish soap is our solid lard dish soap that we have Mm -hmm. made for Hazel Mary Goods. Easy Mm -hmm. peasy. We have an unscented version or both of our, all of, no, our degreaser is going to be peppermint. Anyways, we've got the dish soap locked down. It's solid soap. No waste, no plastic bottles, no nothing. Our countertop cleaner, we have stone countertops, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then for every other thing, we're using 
again, a really diluted Castile soap. And you might think, ah, isn't that weird? Doesn't it get your counter all sudsy? No, I'm telling you, my counters, which are quartz, are shiny and streak-free as long as I get the solution cracked. So again, a little tiny bit, of, you're going to have to play with it for your countertop. A little tiny bit of soap, mostly water, you spray around. That's what we're using. Mm-hmm. You can also utilize things like um, microfiber cloths, right? Uh, you can use things that are just water. I was asked recently, <coughs> what do we use for our for our floors? We have hardwood mm-hmm. floors that we put in like five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mop with water. That's all I mop with because I have a microfiber kind of mop situation. Okay, you yeah. can pick one up at Kroger or you can go fancy and like get one from Norwax. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But like, and then for our laundry detergent, we use powdered unscented detergent. And then because, you know, you and I both work out an extreme amount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have really sweaty, dirty clothes. And, you know, we've got young kids Our who clothes are stank. soiling their clothes. We've been, it's bad. We've it's been terrible. using um, vinegar. I use white distilled vinegar. I put it in where the fabric softener goes and my clothes come out. It's neutralized. It's nice. It's nice. So household cleaning products, kind of some of these household goods. Um, I'm going to give you the concept of, Aside, I do agree with you that these high fragrance things, man, as quickly as we can start to trim those out, like this is my advice. Again, everyone's life is different. If you're affording, I guess this is the way I would say it. If you can afford all the fragrancy stuff, then there is no financial issue here, Mm-mm. right? Because that stuff is not free. Yeah. And the options that we are suggesting, whether it be literally the like... And again, not even a plug for Hazelmeyer Goods here. Go find any soap that is scent free here. Mm-hmm. And you can find it from a Castile jug for at least your hand soap and your um, your countertop spray for for cheaper than what you're currently paying. Yeah. That it, it, that it is literally cheaper. And the reason, like, why'd you guys do Hazelmeyer Goods? Why you, because we had to make our own. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find the dish soap we wanted, mm-hmm. so we made it. So that's why we did that. It was initially started out for us. Anyways, um, so household cleaning products, household goods, this sort of thing. Uh, slowly integrate some of this stuff into it. Castile soap, huge solution for us that we've used. We highly recommend it. And where can people find Castile soap? Just to kind of throw that out there. Um. So... Like I said, you can buy a large jug of it from Amazon. I think that's my next play. Uh, Dr. Bronner's is probably the most popular brand. Okay. But them as a brand have gone kind of some weird ways. So I know a lot of people are switching away from them just okay. from some of their ide- ideals that they are sharing publicly. Hmm. Um, it wasn't resonating with folks. Got <laughs> so. it. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You just look up Castile soap. Castile soap is basically just soap made from like plant oils. I think often, um, olive oil and other things. So my last little bit on this is I know it can be really tempting to look at your favorite influencer online or your favorite brand and be like, oh, we get to switch and they have all these bottles and they, they send you refills of all this uh, solution to put in it and it's it ends up being cheaper over time but yeah it's a little bit of an upfront cost sometimes that upfront cost is unnecessary mm-hmm. like if, if you want to work your way up to having the full slew of like the really amazing clean non-toxic cleaners that uh, you know everyone's talking about online great 
But if financially you're not there as we were not there, then that feels really like... We still don't do it. We still don't do it. So... We... we we spend our money elsewhere. It's not a lot of money on milk each week. Yeah. Um, but just a, just an encouragement of like, you can go simpler. You don't have to, you don't have to buy into the expensive, bougie, crunchy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I love my crunchy friends. I think they're great. I think people sharing online is really helpful. But some of those people either have products sent to them, so that's how they can afford it, or they're making money, so that's how they can afford totally. it. So if that's not you... Or they're on a different part of the matrix. They're on a different part of the matrix. Like, that's all it is. That's like that's, that's the only way you should look at it. Not mm-hmm. that, like, they're they're able to live the life that you wish you could. It's that they're on a different part of the matrix and they are They probably living, have less time than you. It's exactly true. Yeah. They probably don't have the time to go out and buy concealed soap and mix them in the bottles. Uh, like, identify they mixed it too concentrated so now there's, their counters are sudsing up a little bit. <laughs> And they have to go cut it down a little bit more. That. That's not that like they like they need to have a bottle of of like you know whatever that they can spray the countertops with and wipe it clean one time. So, yeah. so no hate on any of those companies. Not at all. Those are great, and they're they're equipping. If anybody people. wants to send us those bottles, we'll happily have them. <laughs> they're, they're equipping people, but you as the the average consumer, you don't have to buy into it. You no, know. Next big tension that we kind of got into is water filtration. Mm. And I think this is a big one. I was just asked about this. Liz, are you still using your Berkey? I was like, no. And I want to talk about why we don't use it. Yeah, I get this question. And a it's lot. and, and um, if some if I walk into somebody's house that has a Berkey, I am excited to be very clear. Yeah. So so I am not in a situation in life right now where I'm like, oh, you use the Berkey, like you're now. Did they went through lawsuits recently? Yeah, there's currently a class action lawsuit against Berkey. Um, because what they claimed was filtered out, independent tests were not showing that efficiency and effectiveness of their filters. So there's one. Two, there's a popular video circulating around the specific fluoride filter. So the white filter you plug in underneath the charcoal filter. Because a part of that element to filter out fluoride is aluminum-based, it was uh, leaching aluminum into the filtered water at high levels and you don't want aluminum in your water okay mm-hmm. so there's a concern as well it was a faulty design mm-hmm. might have been this one guy's filters but it could be across the board we don't know three the epa is currently after berkey attacking them they're want, they want to reclassify berkey not as a water filtration product but as a pesticide because they contain silver so they're the, the CEO is kind of coming after the EPA. There's just a lot of hot media around them. I don't care about any of that stuff. The thing that frustrated me personally was that when I would do the red dye test, so you basically put water in, you color it with red food dye, you, you put the filters down into little jars and you want to see, is your water coming out clear, mm-hmm. right? Is it able to filter that part per million or part per billion to get the red dye out? And I had pink water and my filters were like less than six months old. And so on their website, they'll tell you their charcoal black filter, which is expensive, should last like two to five years. And we weren't finding that to be the case. And we were wondering, like, is it because we're just going through just ridiculous amounts? We, we didn't know. And, and we were, we were, I'm going to say it. I was, I've been and, 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 and have only good memories of the Berkey. Mm-hmm. The water tastes great. It is is outstanding. So when I go places that have a Berkey like Rocco and Rollin, let me say it again, I'm kind of like stoked. Now, do I think about the other things? Sure, but 
if the alternative is walking in, it's like, I can have a glass of tap water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A water filter is always better than so, a tap. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm down for it. We now use clearly filtered. Mm-hmm. This is this is the filtration system we now use. However, we kept our Berkey because it's an amazing urn. Yeah. So we, we fill the pitcher, the clearly filtered pitcher up, filter, and once it's done filtering, pour it into the Berkey and get another one rolling. So if you look at our pictures or videos on Instagram, be like, do you still use the Berkey? No. I mean, there's no filter in There's no Berkey. filters in the Berkey. It's just a big water urn at this point, which is, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, we do go through a lot of water. So clearly filtered is great. The pitcher is about $90. I will say, because we do go through so much filtered water, we are definitely changing our filters more than once every three months. I'd say we're closer to... <clears throat> once every six weeks yeah because we we also host a lot so when you bring other families in you're using twice as much water i'm also down with reverse osmosis with the mineral replacer thing mm-hmm. what do you call that i don't know you the added minerals i still don't love that water but but i'm down with it right so if i roll in a situation and they've got the <clears throat> you know ro with the mineral replacement um, if it's just straight up our like reverse osmosis sometimes i drink i personally Drink that water, and I'm like, yo, I feel thirsty. Yeah, it's pretty dead water. It's weird, but but again, um, if if you if I'm if I'm in a situation, and if like if you're out there right now, I like, got a reverse osmosis, good to go. Like, yeah, that's you're good. Consider adding some some Himalayan sea salt into your water every now and then. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep your minerals up as a person. But like, don't don't get worried and anxious. Mm-hmm. If you have no water filtration out there, yeah, I would consider something that is affordable and easy to start with. Mm-hmm. Don't go out and buy the Royal Berkey, Mm-mm. right? Um, Which we actually never did. It was gifted to us because we can never afford the Berkey. Also true. So, anyways. By the way, Himalayan sea salt. I know people are going to be like, that has a bunch of lot in it. We don't use Himalayan sea salt. We use unrefined. We use Jacobson salt. There you go. Sorry. You can buy whatever salt, unrefined salt you want. Um, all right. Up next, air filtration. Mm. This is something that's always talked about. If we're looking to up our air filtration game, where do we start? Honestly, the place that we have started and stopped is just opening our windows. Mm. Because here's the thing. I think had we not redone our house after our flood and redone all of most of our duct work and remediated all the mold, I think we would probably have invested in like an air doctor situation. But right now, I feel like our internal air is pretty clean. Open windows. That's a a short, easy, that's a short, easy one. Um, As and, and this is where we're this is our last one. And I've got a lot of opinions about this. I'm going to keep them to myself for now. Because we've done some episodes about this kind of stuff. But cookware. Mm-hmm. The the main guiding principles I'm going to leave people with are have cookware that is simple and long-lasting. Mm-hmm. Okay? Simple cookware that lasts a long time. And when I say long-lasting, what I don't mean is cookware that will last, you know, two years i'm talking about someday when you give your stuff to your children i'm talking they can have it mm-hmm. pass it down stainless steel cast iron it gets better with age uh really soup like really good knives that can take a new edge mm-hmm. right but like when i say not maybe get one really quality chef knife mm-hmm. right you don't need the big knife block no you do not so we've done that in other 
we've yeah we've covered kitchen tools now people are gonna be like well what about you know the okay non-stick pants are not long-lasting so that they would not meet the list and and it's so there's so much debate out there you could go down so many rabbit holes of what products and and cookware items are quote-unquote like safe that you know yeah, if, if you're in the place where you can start to go down that rabbit hole and you have the financial ability to kind of like reset your kitchen or maybe you're almost already there, great. But if you're just getting started, man, simplify. Do you have a cast iron pan? They're like 20 bucks. Yeah, they're cheap. And stainless steel, like you don't need a whole stainless steel set. You need like a, you need like a saucepan, a stock pot, and, you know, a skillet. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, you don't really need this you know, 15 piece all clad situation. Yeah, you don't need that. So anything else on there? <clears throat> um, as far as cookware, I think the same thing goes for like, my thing is like, you know, we didn't do the kids plates and the kids cups and all the mm, plastic yeah. containers. And we just have really simplified. And you know how many cups have been shattered in our house? Maybe three. Yeah. And like two of them are me. Yeah. Like it wasn't even our kids. Yeah. So like, I'm not afraid to use real natural materials, even with little kids presently. Mm. Our baby bottles were glass. Mm. Ray actually shattered each, each and every one individually um, on our own accord. But our, you can, you can buy materials that are harder. You don't need like the kids plastic spoon. Our, our little kid, uh, silverware is all stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Like, and it works great. And they love the little silver spoons and they get mm. to eat. And so just, just reshaping what you think you actually need. I dig it. Especially when you have kids. Speaking, Speaking of, of children, kids, yeah. we've Ray been infiltrated. Ray has joined us in the studio. Hi, Ray. <clears throat> this is probably a homegrown first where we've had a child come in. We are recording early in the morning. Anyways, um, if y'all got something out of this episode, share it with somebody. Share it with a friend. Find a, a remember that the key here is to start small and start yesterday. Can't start yesterday, so let's start today, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get this. Let's get this ship moving. Let's get this journey started. Um, if you're looking for some inspiration, look for some ways to kind of keep th- things moving forward. Absolutely, find some things on this list that you can implement. Um, learning that food system definitely a a great kind of starting place. And let us know what you think. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know if people had uh, questions, other things they want to add, other things they might ha- want to know about if we didn't cover everything here. I don't know. I know this isn't an exhaustive list and there's all kinds of other little, you know, small things that might be going on. But, uh, you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't talk about and we've talked about in other episodes is when you start shifting to your real food game and you really get into like, okay, well, what nutrients are lacking in the modern American diet? Well, we know a lot of that is our fat soluble vitamins. So we're not afraid of, you know, our animal fats and high cholesterol containing foods, things like that. You got to wrap your head around because that's new language Mm -hmm. to you. That's new. The other piece of that too is, is so one getting back to some of those traditional foods was big for us. Um, getting off the glucose roller coaster was big for us. And mm-hmm. for us, Joey and I took the extreme. We didn't want to spend time. We wanted to learn really quickly. Mm-hmm. So we invested money. I invested money into a CPG and we're going to do that again here soon. We're both going to wear them. Um, <clears throat> so there are categories of food and nourishment that you can dig into things we've done entire episodes on. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, 
what foods are nourishing, you know, go back and listen to our Diana Rogers episode. Mm -hmm. Um, We got an episode coming up with Lily Nichols about pregnancy and nourishing foods. And we're going to be dropping so much content around that. Totally. Go back and listen to our glucose episodes. Um, Listen to the episodes with various farmers to get a glimpse Mm -hmm. of the food system. I I talk at length about different documentaries that we've watched that have been super helpful. Sustainable is probably my number one documentary to this day. But there are ways to get plugged in to your real food journey. And our whole goal at Homegrown is just to get you started. 100%. Started and and continue on the journey. This is not a fad. Mm -hmm. This is not a trend. And if you're looking at it as a trend then you don't have your family's full future in mind. You're mm. not thinking about it that way. Anyways, we've got education things that kind of get you started that we have built. That's the whole mission of what we do. This is why we do this. We want you to be educated, to make decisions, to help yourself. We are not promoting some diet that we have. We're not promoting some... This is all wanting to equip, educate, and inspire people to live the life that they're meant to live. Everybody, every human is a little bit different, right? And there are choices each human can make that's best for them, whether it's their lifestyle, whatever you find yourself on the matrix and, um, you know, beyond. So let's, uh, let's talk about Hazelmeyer goods. We've got coffee, tea. We've got, <laughs> sorry, gosh, Ray, we've got kids. She wants a fruit pop. There we are. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Marie on the show today. Hazelmeyer Goods, if you haven't been there yet, shoptheh.com. Uh, it's, one of the, it's, 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 a, it's a store that we created to help promote and, and, and centralize trusted stuff that you can buy for your home. Everything from coffee and tea to dish care appliances to body soaps sourdough equipment uh it's good to go youtube check us out on youtube in addition to this podcast we're also creating video content on youtube it's homegrown underscore education find us there uh subscribe watch those videos and um you can find us on instagram we've got those as well i'm at joey hazelmeyer elizabeth is at liz hazelmeyer and we're at homegrown underscore educate rap